to the Experience Started Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, we continue our ongoing spotlight on the first-year section experience with a conversation with Joey Howard. Joey is a first-year student in the full-time MBA class of 2024, and he's also the section rep for Section D. Joey and I recently connected to talk more about his decision to pursue an MBA, what led him to Darden, how he decided to get involved as a section rep, his experience as a first-year student here at Darden, and so much more. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here's my interview with Joey Howard. Joey, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Brett. It's great to have you here. How are things going? How are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, things things are good. I um, I took my last exam of Q3 yesterday, so I'm officially done with core, uh, which is it's a good feeling. It's definitely definitely weird because I've been busy kind of since August until now. And I was saying to my wife last night, I think this is the first time where I, I don't actually have anything planned for you know tomorrow, the next week, or anything, whether it's preparing for interviews or studying or or anything like that. So. Um, so this is, this is a relaxing time, I think. Yeah. To have so much going on and then to find yourself here in spring break with the true break electives on the horizon, but you have any plans, uh, for the break, anything you're looking forward to? Of course, it's college basketball season, a lot, lot happening on the hard court. Yeah. So I'll definitely be, definitely be watching the games. Um, we're planning to go down to Virginia beach this weekend, even though I think it's going to be cloudy and rainy. We're just hoping to get out of Charlottesville for, for just a little bit. Um, and then. Uh, and then we'll be back for the week. My wife is working. Uh, she works remotely, but from from here in town. And so um, I didn't feel like it would be the right thing to you know, go on some vacation while she's here working. I, I thought maybe we could spend some time together now that I'm not so busy with school. <laughs> yeah. How does it feel to be finished with CORE? Obviously, when you start the full-time MBA program, you're plunged right into the CORE and you got three quarters of it. And of course, you got recruiting, you have all the social stuff, you have lots of things as noted competing for your time. How does it feel to be on the other side uh, of the CORE curriculum? It feels great, um, mainly because I, I feel like I've learned so much about running a business just you know over the last six months, seven months, um, more so than I than I thought I would. I kind of thought, you know, you you'll learn a, a little bit here and there, but the the way the Darden curriculum is set up is is really, you know, it's rigorous. You you get such a cool perspective about every aspect, whether it's marketing, finance, accounting, um, to so that by the time you finish core, you you kind of know everything you need to know to enter the business world and and succeed there. Um, and then I think you know, once electives start, it's more, what are your, what are you passionate about? Where do you really want to dive in? Um, but I love the, the core curriculum kind of gives everyone this even playing field before the electives start. Like we all kind of know, know what it's like to, to work for a business or to run a business now. Well, that's great. Well, so appreciate you coming on the podcast. This is part of a series of conversations that we're having with section reps for the first year sections. Uh, you are the section rep for section D. Uh, we're going to get to that part of the conversation a little bit later. But before we do that, I want to talk a little bit more about you and, and your background. So tell us more about you. Uh, what did you do before coming to Darden? Uh, before Darden, I worked at Capital One um, in, in McLean, Virginia. I was a chief of staff there. Uh, mostly working on projects related to strengthening my department's culture. Um, and so that was either through like policy changes or developing different working norms kind of to, to improve people's um, uh, kind of life at work with Capital One. 
And uh, it was very exciting to do that, especially during COVID because the whole world changed. So, so I sort of came into that role with some ideas and then we all got sent to work from home and, and that was a, it's an entirely different challenge than I was expecting. Uh, but it, it definitely gave me a good idea of what I wanted to do in the future, um, which we can, we can get to that in a little bit probably. But uh, before, before Capital One, I went to Davidson College for undergrad. I was a political science major there. Um, and originally, I'm I'm from New Hampshire, so that's just sort of the quick background. How'd you end up in Davidson, small town in in North Carolina, uh, not so close to New Hampshire? Yeah, not very close at all. Uh, I I was looking at a lot of small schools in in New England, uh, mostly the NASCAC schools for for undergrad. And then um, my college counselor basically said, "Hey, if you're interested in those schools, you should check out Davidson." And so I, I visited in January, and there were there was about three feet of snow on the tarmac leaving Boston. Flew down to Davidson, and people were in sweatshirts, apologizing for how bad the weather was. And I was like, "Where do I sign? This is this is where I want to go." So been a been a southerner ever since. <laughs> Well, as a, as a native North Carolinian, I'll say that Davidson has uh, exploded over the past few years. Uh, it used to be a small town outside of Charlotte, and it has become basically part of the Charlotte metro area. It's bigger, bigger than it once was, still a small town. I think most people probably know Davidson because of Steph Curry and, and basketball and these kinds of things. And so um, I want to talk a little bit more about your work at Capital One. I have to believe that if you're focused on like work life experience or just in the, you know, how people are engaged as employees, COVID comes along, which is like, well, I don't think any of us saw that coming and obviously profoundly changed the nature of work almost immediately for people. What was that like to work on those kinds of problems? It was it was really fascinating because I feel like most people were reading the news about, you know, how is this changing the workplace culture? And and but we were seeing the data come in, you know, in terms of what what's our engagement look like? You know, for the first couple of weeks, people are nervous. Then the next couple of weeks, people love working from home. And then about a year in, people are starting to feel more disengaged and, and burnt out from, um, you know, from working from as soon as they wake up, they open their laptop and then, you know, they're up. They don't know when they can close their computer kind of in the evening. So it, figuring out those challenges and, and coming up with a way for people to, to you know, be able to disconnect from work um, and then also connect with their colleagues who some of them they've never met because they're onboarding during COVID. It was it was a, a an interesting challenge, but it definitely made me rethink kind of working culture in America and, and and what the future might look like. It feels like this conversation is still very much with us. You look at, you know, companies trying to wrestle with, okay, do we ask people to come back into the office? If so, how much? How do we entice them to come in? Uh, do we need to entice them to come in? Do we need to even ask them to come in at all? Like there's still these questions, big open questions for a lot of companies. You see a lot of different approaches out there. I think, I don't know if we figured it out yet. Yeah, definitely not. And I think more and more companies are going to be choosing different different approaches. Um, and I think that's going to be sort of the competition for talent. Certain people want to be in the office, certain people don't. And it'll be interesting to see kind of who who chooses which which office and then which companies end up succeeding because of that. Well, how did you get interested in pursuing an MBA? So initially, I um, or growing up, I guess, I always thought I wanted to go to law school. Uh, and so after Davidson, I spent about a year and a half at a big corporate law firm in Boston and, um, and realized pretty quickly law school wasn't going to be my future. 
I, I was always more interested in sort of the business problems that our clients were solving rather than kind of the, the litigation problems they might have been having for, for one reason or another. And so that kind of piqued my interest into what, what the business world might be like. Um, and so I ended up getting this job at Capital One, honestly, mostly to for an excuse to move down to um, live closer to my now wife who was living in the D.C. area. And um, and I loved working at Capital One. I, the company is awesome. Um, I wasn't passionate about financial services, but uh, that's sort of when I started thinking, OK, I like I like business and I like this this culture work that I'm doing but maybe in a different industry um, would, would be kind of my long-term goal. And so that's what led me to want to get an MBA because I thought, you know, if I come to come to get an MBA, I can look at what other industries are out there and, and where I might want to end up doing this over the long-term. Um, and, and knowing that like business is where, where I want to be, just kind of understanding what, what type of business I would want to work for. All right. So what led you to Darden? How'd you get interested in, in this program specifically? Uh, so there are a few a few reasons I wanted to come here um, specifically. One is that my brother actually went to UVA Law. So I spent some time in Charlottesville visiting him during undergrad. And if you've ever been to Charlottesville, you know that once you visit, you you want to figure out any reason to come back here. Uh, and so that was sort of the the first taste of of what you know Darden could be like. Um, and then, and then I started doing sort of the, the typical admissions events and um, and trying to get in touch with current students and things like that to hear about their experience. And the thing that that really drew me in um, about Darden was the, the academic experience here and specifically the case method. And so one thing that uh, that I don't think is, is sort of mentioned enough is is how important the case method is for learning how to communicate these like complex business ideas in a way that everyone in the room might be able to understand. So something that my boss at Capital One always emphasized was no matter who we're talking to or what what we're talking about, we have to make sure that you don't have to be a financial services expert or like credit card expert to understand the message behind our slide deck or behind our presentation or anything like that. And hearing about Darden kind of doing that for for all the topics, right? Like you might have someone who's an investment banker before come in and, and take a finance class. Well, they're not necessarily going to be the best in the finance class because they have to be able to communicate those ideas to the former teacher in the other, you know, on the other side of the classroom or the the veteran who has no background in banking. They have to be able to kind of bring those things down to like a fifth grade level and explain them. And I think that's what's so amazing about Darden is you learn to communicate these complex ideas. Um, so kind of drawing from what my boss had, had always emphasized to me and, and combining that with, you know, the, the skills that I really wanted to build for the future, I thought the case method would be the perfect, you know, academic experience for me. I appreciate your mentioning the case method. We've also been having a parallel series of conversations that we're recording uh, right now about learning through the case method. Because my experience, when you talk with prospective students, you say the case method, Darden's a case method school. And I think a lot of people are like, what, well, what, what is the case method? What exactly is this? Because it doesn't reveal itself in its name. So if, at least not fully. So how do you explain it uh, to prospective students who may be just learning about this learning experience? Yeah, totally. So a, a case is it's like a business case, right? So it's a business scenario. Um, and it obviously it's boiled down. It will, maybe it'll be six pages about a problem that a company was having. And, and you read sort of that 
that summary of what's going on and you're not given very much information and you kind of have to figure out the the important details and and make sense of them um which is what the real world is like of course you never have enough information you never have enough time and so you basically you read that that case and you come up with um kind of what you would recommend the the company do in the future or going forward and then you show up at class and there are 68 other perspectives in the room of of what the company should do going forward and so you kind of you kind of battle about you know this is why I think my idea is, is right. Or, um, oh, I actually really like his idea more than my idea. Maybe we can make a blend of the two. And so the important part is, is communicating your recommendation, communicating why your recommendation is the sound recommendation. And then, and then maybe, you know, using the different, different perspectives at the table to come up with an even better idea than, than you came in with. So, I, I mean, it's, it's what businesses do, right? It's what, it's what a board is going to do every, every time they meet it's, they all come in with their idea and they leave with, with one kind of better idea than, than they started with. All right. Well, thank you, Joey, for indulging the uh, case method question. I just think it's helpful for prospective students to hear about it because to me, it feels very live. It feels very real, very applicable to what you're going to do. I, I think knowing more about finance kind of abstractly, probably not as useful, but knowing how people use different financial approaches, techniques, et cetera, to solve problems, to make a decision. Well, that, that feels very applicable, uh, at least to me. Absolutely. All right. So you come to Darden, you're a brand new first year student. Um, what was the adjustment like? I mean, you're not so far removed from it, but you're on the other side of core at this point. So when you look back those first couple quarters, um, do you have any learning curves, any, any adjustments? Yeah, I, I definitely think the the hardest thing for me was um, being back in a social setting. So during COVID, you know, I hadn't been going into the office. I hadn't, I had, I never went back to the office before coming to Darden um, I got married the the October before school started, and then from then until school started, my wife and I kind of lived out in a on a in a farmhouse in in the middle of nowhere in Virginia. And so, you know, we 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 really had like four friends that lived in the the town where we were living. Um, and so then you come to school and you're back in a college town and you're surrounded by a bunch of people your age who are all you know very very motivated to do well and also socialize and things like that. And so. For me, it was sort of getting back into um, constantly being simulated by by social activity, or uh, even even the academics. Right, you're sitting in a classroom rather than being on Zoom um, in in the workplace. It was uh, that was the biggest adjustment, um, and then just figuring out a way to balance that with the academic rigor, and then of course recruiting for for what's after Darden. Um, those, you know, the time management and the social aspect were the were the two biggest adjustments for me. It's interesting to hear you mention the social piece, because I think all of us went through that with COVID. Everything shut down. You're staying at home, probably stopped going out in any kind of way for a while. And then, you know, different comfort levels with being around groups of people for, you know, as we got back into uh, resuming normal activities or whatever the case may be. And then, of course, there's just so much going on when you come to Darden. I think that's the hardest thing for a lot of students is you get here and you've got act activity in every direction. You've got schoolwork, you've got career stuff that you want to go to, you've got social stuff. There's no shortage of things to do. So how do you decide what you should do at any given time? That, that can be really hard, particularly when you're a brand new MBA student looking oftentimes at other people like, well, what, what are they doing? Should I be doing what they're doing? Um, that's, that's hard. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think not that you asked for my advice here, but I think the thing that I um, tried to do was always find the places where things overlap 
And so like socially, right, there's things that you can do outside of school, but also showing up and being in class is, is sort of a social activity, right? Like you're making friends by being in the classroom and, and chatting with people after in between classes. So, so finding the ways that, you know, if one hour spent in class is actually one hour spent in class and building relationships, then that's sort of like double dipping. You're getting some social and getting some academic. And then same with class versus recruiting. You, you know, if you're learning finance and then you have to go in and, and talk about a net present value in, a, in, a, in an interview, well, you learned that in class. So, so there's these, these ways that you can kind of do two at once. Um, that was, that's kind of been my goal at Darden is to, to optimize for things that kind of meet many of the, the different um, priorities rather than just spending time on one. We always take advice here on the on the podcast. That's great. Thank you for for sharing that. And I, I think that is something that students have to wrestle with, right? How do you balance these things? How do you figure out what's most important at any given time? I like the idea of you know, can you can you do two things instead of just one, one thing uh, with an activity? Um, so you mentioned you got married October prior to to starting in business school. Um, you and your wife moved to Charlottesville. How did y'all think through that decision? How did you work through that um, as a couple? That's a that's a great question. That was uh, I would say probably the the deciding factor in terms of you know where we would want to be. She's from Virginia originally. Her she her sister actually lives in Charlottesville, and so um, you know she's my support network. But you need a support system as as the partner as well. And I think having family nearby was was really really important to us. Um, and so, so that was a big draw uh, of Charlottesville for her. And then even if, even if her family wasn't in this area, this is such a nice place to make friends because there are so few people here and, and especially in the kind of the Darden partner community, most people have uprooted themselves from some big city and moved to Charlottesville that any students, any student and any student's spouse or, or, you know, partner is looking for friends um, and so you're not competing with sort of their college friends and their their work friends and, and things like that. You're really, you know, you're all here. It's almost like you show up to, to high school for the first day and you don't have anyone to sit with at lunch. Like you just go find people and, and everyone's, you know, friendly and willing to do that. Um, so, yeah, so I think the small community was really, it was really the big draw for us. I'm sure there are people out there that would, whose, you know, wives would say, no, I want to be in a big city. That's what I want. But for us, the, the small, the small community was really the draw. Well, I think it's a good point, right? The the school for our students, I mean, to, you think about the student experience, everybody's picked up and moved from somewhere else typically. And so they relocated here. And so school becomes not just this academic hub, but it's also you know, the social uh, community that you're going to engage with. You don't have a lot of friends uh, that already live in the area that are competing for your time. No, you're here uh, for business school. So business uh, school, the experience is kind of layered in, in that way. Um, for partners, spouses, significant others who are also moving with the student, you have resources. You have like Darden Partners Association, for example, the, the DPA. But it's also, I think, it's easier to figure out the other people who are also in this situation, maybe looking uh, to engage, looking looking for friends. Because it is, it is hard for partners uh, in that first year in particular where 
when the first year student is so busy and so many things going on. Um, so finding that support network, having access to that. Uh, we had a we had a student, a first year student on here not so long ago. He said though that his partner um, is very involved in the Darden community, has gotten very plugged in. In fact, may actually get invited more than he does to to things. Um, has that been your your partner's experience? I mean, easy sort of to find find connection and, and engage uh, with other people here. Yeah, I, I would say 100% I can relate to the, uh, I, I find out about an event because my wife is invited to it. That is, that that happens all the time. Um, I have friends who say, you know, Joey, you should come over for this this party or, or you know, come to dinner, but only, only come if Margaret can come too. You know, that kind of thing. I think that, uh, you know, the Darden community does a really good job of including partners. Um, and then there's also just these events that Every event pretty much is is open to partners. Um, so like every Thursday night, we do a thing called cold call where uh, in the courtyard here at Darden, they set up um, food and drinks and, and things like that. And the whole community, including faculty and um, faculty students, dogs, uh, partners, everyone kind of just comes and, and spends about two hours, two and a half hours uh, chatting and and just socializing and kind of relaxing after sort of the stressful week. And that has been something that has not only been one of my favorite parts of Darden, but has been one of my wife's favorite parts of Darden. Cause she's like, Oh, I wonder who we're going to see at cold call and, and, you know, find out what's going on this weekend. And then we kind of make our plans based on, based on that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a place where it would be a, it would be fun to be a partner. <laughs> All right. I mentioned that we were going to talk about your role as Section D section rep. And so let's transition to that part of the conversation. Um, how did you decide to get involved as a section rep? And you got a lot on your plate as a first year student here at Darden. How did you decide you wanted to add one more thing and, and a pretty significant role at that? Yeah, I think that um, I'm very I'm very glad that I, I did it. I think that I was listening to Annika talk on this podcast this morning, and it sounds like she was very intentional and very thoughtful about, um, you know, making sure she understood the role entirely. I went in a little bit more eyes closed, I think, than she did. Um, but essentially, like I was saying, I tried to I try to prioritize things that will will kind of scratch two itches at once, if possible. Um, and before coming to Darden, I had made a, a list of the things that I really wanted to get out of my Darden experience. Um, and those basically boiled down to meeting everyone in my graduating class. It's a small school, so that's totally doable. Um, but I wanted to make sure I actually did it. And then another thing um, is, of course, thinking about my job after Darden, wanting to work in this sort of talent and culture type space. Um, so thinking about how can I get involved at Darden in ways that will, you know, in, increase my ability to, to succeed in that type of role. And then um, finally looking at ways to kind of be, become a leader myself. I had served as a chief of staff, which, which mostly meant I was behind the scenes and there, you know, I, I put the, put, put my boss out in front of everyone and, and um, he would kind of be in the arena. I wanted to kind of fit, fill that role and, and get into the arena a little bit myself, especially while the stakes are lower here at school than they would be in the workplace. And serving a section rep is, is essentially, you know, it meets all of those three things, right? You have to, you get to meet your class right away. You, um, you're basically responsible for the engagement and the enjoyment of, of their, your classmates every day, day in class. And so it, it sort of, it makes a lot of sense that if I want to go and do culture work in the future, that kind of being involved in the culture here at Darden would be, um, would be a good fit. And then finally it's, it's a leadership role. 
Um, I like to say it's a, I'm a representative, not a leader, but um, it's definitely a, an opportunity for for you to to spread some influence either with the administration or with um, with the student leadership here at Darden, kind of representing the the rest of your your section. Well, tell us about Section D. It's been fun having these conversations, talking about each of the sections, because you get a sense maybe of a little bit of different personality from section to section, a little bit different culture uh, from section to section. So tell us about Section D. So Section D is, uh, I would say we, first and foremost, we have each other's backs. We are a very collaborative group. We um, We support each other. If someone gets cold called and they don't know the answer in class, uh, you, you immediately hear people start like whispering things under their breath to try to to try to convey, you know, get, you know, a little osmosis, get the get the person to know what the right answer is um, and, and kind of not embarrass themselves in the cold call. But um, so that's sort of how I would describe Section D. And then the other thing, and, and I've been really lucky, is that there's a lot of people who want to step up and do do fun things and get involved. And so I think like a lot of the section rep role was kind of pitched to me as like, you're going to have to come up with fun activities to do or sending out a newsletter and, and different kind of responsibilities like that. Well, there has been someone who's raised their hand to kind of take on leading each one of those little things for me. Um, so my job is really just to make their lives easier, as easy as possible. Um, and, and I think that that sort of represents section D as a whole, where there's somebody in that in the section who's good at something and they're going to raise their hand and they're going to do it um, and make sure that that they kind of share the things that they love with the rest of the section. And then the rest of the section, it gets gets involved as well. So um, it's been a, a total joy working, working, you know, being in Section D. I, I, I'm sure I would be saying the same thing if I were in one of the other sections, but I know that Section D is the best section. I love that. I think every section rep has said our section is the best section. I appreciate the section pride. Do you have a favorite norm or something your section does um, to recognize each other? It's been fun to talk about this because there's some cool things uh, that have come up in this conversation. Yeah, our our big one is the the section D cheer. I think most of the sections have a cheer and they all kind of do it in a, in a different way. But um, section D does it every morning at 8 a.m. So you show up, you you walk into class, and before the teacher is allowed to start teaching, um, we bang on the desks, bang on the walls, and uh, somebody gets up in front of the class and leads this chant. And at the end of the chant, um, they jump up on the, the desk in the front of the room and kind of jump on the desk, which is not what I was expecting from business school. It sounds a lot more like summer camp, um, especially now, you know, saying it out loud. I, Brett's eyes are getting big for those of you on the, on the <laughs> who, who can't see him. Um, but yeah, it definitely sounds a lot more like summer camp than, than business school. But I think that's part of what makes Darden so special is that the, we really buy in and, and we really love kind of the, the different traditions here. And, um, it's actually something I think about, you know, in, for the future is like, how can I bring sort of that sort of rah, rah type traditions into the workplace that, that keep people engaged and keep people excited about coming back? Cause I think Darden's done an exceptional job of doing that. Was this cheer passed down from the second year students to your your classmates? Uh, yes, it was. And I think and you know, it was passed down to them from from the uh, their second years and and so on. Um, it was actually the the day that it was passed down, I got kind of voluntold to lead the cheer, 
which I think is part of the reason why I was selected as section rep, because it was sort of a, a, a good FaceTime opportunity and and people knew who I was after I jumped up on the desk. Um, and so I think it was kind of total happenstance that I ended up as the the section rep. But um, but it's funny how important, you know, a cheer a cheer can be in terms of building community and, and inspiring people to, to come to class and, and that sort of thing. And that is a strong way to start. Uh, 8 a.m. class. You got to be not just ready for class. You got to be ready to cheer and be engaged in that way. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's definitely definitely a good wake up for people who who came in a little groggy. <laughs> well, are there any highlights from your, your first year section experience that you would want to uh, share here? Any activities that you did as a section uh, that you think might be of interest to the prospective students who are listening? Yeah. So one one thing I was thinking about. Um, that has been a, a real joy. And this is sort of what I was alluding to with section D doing things that, you know, someone has a good idea and they, and they, um, and they bring it to the group. There's uh, there's a woman in my class who was living in San Francisco beforehand and would do something called burger night with her friends where every couple of weeks they would just pick a, a burger place in San Francisco and they would go and they would, and they would rate the burger. And I don't know, I don't know how many of them would show up, but she wanted to to bring that here to um to Darden and and so so she did so she so with section D she um she just will send out a text to the group kind of on maybe the a Wednesday saying next Tuesday's burger night and we're going to this place and uh initially I think like five or six people would go but by the end of uh at least yeah by the end of Q2 kind of during this quarter we had uh, 40 of our 60 people pack into a, a small burger shop in Charlottesville. Um, and so it's become really a, a, a section D tradition, even though this is this is the first year of doing it. Um, so I would just say that if you come to to Darden and you, you know, you want to start something yourself or you, you know, there's there's something that you think is missing. Um, I guarantee that the community will get behind it and you will have, you know, at least 40, probably 70, maybe a couple hundred people. Uh, getting behind whatever idea you have, um, if it's you know if it's conducive to a large group. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things about Darden. It feels like every class or every group of students they add something uh, to the community to the experience here. That the students do direct so much of the activity uh, that happens on grounds and and for, for their classmates. So you got an idea, you can get people behind it. You can you can make it happen. It is that kind of place. For sure. All right. Well, what are you looking forward to in the months to come? You've got a break here, which you, you mentioned uh, at the outset of the conversation, but you got electives on the horizon. You got a uh, summer coming up. Uh, what are you excited about, Joey? Yeah. So a lot. Um, I am, well, I'm excited about this, this week coming up where, where we have, you know, no, no school and, uh, and, and nothing on my plate. Um, but then afterwards, you know, Q4, I'm taking four classes, which I think through all of core, you're in five classes. So it'll be a, a little bit lighter in the uh, from the academic standpoint, um, which it's it's funny. I think, oh, that'll that'll give me a lot more free time. Well, really, it'll just give me more time to to do other things at Darden um, because Darden will always have something for you to do and uh, and something that you want to do. Um, so I'm involved in a couple other leadership things other than section rep. I'm, I'm working with the admissions committee to, to put on Darden days, which we have coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, that was one of my favorite things as a prospective student it helped really sell me on the Darden experience. So I'm excited to, to now be on the other side and, 
and um, help encourage people to to come to Darden. And then um, and then I'm really excited about a couple of the electives. Uh, one is is storytelling with data. I think this is something that I I didn't that I really came to Darden to do was 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 learn kind of the more technical side of business. So core gives you a great you know sweeping view of of um, different aspects, but but something I really wanted to to learn how to do was get in front of a group and present um, really like technical data in a way that is compelling. And um, and I think this class is gonna kind of help teach me to do that. So um, yeah, there's a lot there's a lot on the horizon. <laughs> yeah, when we talk with second year students, you know, second year you're choosing your classes, you're picking your schedule. I, I do think, it, at least in terms of just class time and the schedule that people are keeping. I, I do think it feels like people own their time a little bit more than they do in their, in their first year, particularly during the core. Um, but there's all of this, all manner of things that get piled on to people's plates, uh, leadership opportunities, other engagement, just stuff that people want to make sure that they do before they graduate from, from school. So people are also very busy in the second year to, to your point uh, about other things that you're doing. In addition to all the things that you shared here, um, you mentioned Darden days. Um, we've talked about it a little bit on the podcast, but um, can you tell us just uh, what this event is and and kind of what the what the structure of the programming is high level just for people who may not be familiar with it? Yeah, so it's, I think it, com- I think it starts Thursday afternoon um, and then Friday and Saturday. It's sort of this two and a half day long um, event where prospective students or admitted students come, come to campus and um, get, get a feel for what being a Darden student would really be like. So um, that starts with the kind of social aspects on Thursday. And then on Friday, you you get to sit in on a mock class. Um, you get to go to a learning team session, which uh, I'm sure you've talked about on the podcast before what learning team is. Um, and and then they're just, there's sort of event after event. There's like a club fair. So you get to see all the cool clubs that we have at Darden. Um, and, then, and then Saturday, the activities are more, Kind of getting out into into Charlottesville, and um, maybe like there's a hike. There's I think a yoga class at a local studio. There's sort of sort of getting a sense for what it would be like to live in Charlottesville. So it's sort of the the three days is kind of the social aspects of Darden, the academic side of Darden, and then and then the more broader Charlottesville experience. Um, and I had an absolute blast. Some of my best friends here this year are people who I met at Darden Days and who, who I've otherwise haven't overlapped with in terms of like learning team and classes and, and sort of the, the other structures that help you build friends. So if you're if you're considering coming to Darden Days, I would definitely recommend it. Um, it's a it's a great way to to make friends that you'll have kind of through your business school experience and and I'm sure beyond as well. Yeah, this great admitted student weekend experience for people to come. And that's uh, to your point, imagine what it might be like uh, to be a Darden student and really immerse in the location and the experience for a few days. Um, and gosh, how nice is it to be in Charlottesville in April? It tends to be a, a beautiful, beautiful time yeah, of year. Yeah, it's a, definitely a big selling point when I when I stepped on campus and it was, I think it was 75 and sunny the whole, all three days last year. So. <laughs> 
It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, to your point earlier, weather does matter uh, when you think about, you know, snow versus it being warm uh, down in Davidson, North Carolina, or at least warmer. Uh, when you come to Charlottesville in the spring, yes, we do have four seasons uh, in Charlottesville, uh, but it tends to be a pretty mild winter in a very beautiful spring. Uh, you have all the incredible nature uh, around uh, around ground. So, um, word of advice, piece of uh, piece of advice you would share with our listeners, Joey, something you would uh, encourage them to think about as they consider their own MBA journeys? Yeah, I think that, well, I think anyone probably listening to this podcast is, is seriously considering um, going to business school. And uh, I would definitely, first of all, recommend you do. I've had kind of the best time of my life um, over the last few months. So um, I, I would encourage you to, to follow that, that itch that's telling you you might want to go to business school. Um, and then the other thing, and this is for, for people, you know, w- once you've been accepted at a school, whether it's Darden or somewhere else, um, and you're you're you've decided where you want to go, which I obviously hope that would be Darden, um, but really wherever you end up wanting to go, I I think the best thing you can you can do um, is call a current first year student at that school and get a sense for what the rhythm and the cadence of life will be like uh, once you once you arrive on campus, because. Ha- having a sense for, you know, when you're going to have to put your foot on the gas and when you might be able to ease off as the, as the year goes on, um, is just a huge advantage and something that, you know, whether you're here by yourself or with a partner, I was able to communicate those, those sort of stressful times with my wife before they came. And I was like, Hey, I I hear these next three weeks are going to be really hard. And then we kind of figured out our ways to, to work through it together. Um, and I think the only reason I was able to do that was because I talked to the, the current students that I did. And so that would be like the, the major advice would be getting a glimpse of what it's going to be like before you get there is is a, is a huge, huge advantage for, for the experience overall. Yeah, there is a rhythm. Uh, there are um, times where you may feel like you've got a little bit more free time and then other times when you when you feel like everything is happening all at once. Uh, certainly my impression from talking to, with people here on the podcast. Definitely, definitely. Well, Joey, thank you so much for coming on on the podcast, for sharing your story and, and telling us a little bit more about Section D. I have to ask, I think we've talked about Darden Cup uh, with most of the section reps. How are things going uh, for Section D uh, this year in, in Darden Cup? I would say I'm I'm very proud of our performance. Uh, we, we started in last place for the first half of the year. Um, and then, you know, but we kept showing up, we kept doing our best. We had a, a knockout performance in bowling and then trivia and then a pretty good showing at the at the talent show. And so we we are now firmly in fourth place, um, but we've got Section A in our sights. And so, you know, if, if things go well at basketball, which I hope they will, um, we should be able to, to take third and, and then we'll be on the podium. And after being in last place for the for the first four months here, I, I would be very happy with it with a podium finish. I love this idea. Slow burn, rounding into form, really here, rubber meets the road. This is this is when you're you're at your best. I like we've it. come together and, and we've hit our stride for Q4 for sure. All right. Well, we'll have to follow the Darden Cup results. Uh, we typically will, and, and we're going to do this on the podcast. We'll talk with the new uh, VP for Darden Cup and what they've been up to over this past past year. Um, really excited uh, to have that conversation. It's such a fun part of the first first year experience. Certainly, my, my impression from talking with the section reps and a big part of just life life at Darden. All these uh, all these activities that people do. Um, 
with their sections, competitions. It covers the waterfront, like trivia, as you mentioned, bowling, basketball. There's a talent show that happened not so long ago. It is a, it's an incredible part of the experience. Absolutely. I, I mean, maybe one of my favorite things about Darden is just the the outside of the classroom, the outside of the recruiting um, programming that, that the students put on for themselves. It, it's, it's amazing. Well, Joey, thank you again. Um, enjoy your spring break um, and uh, enjoy quarter four and, and electives. Um, so appreciate you coming on the podcast and, and sharing your story uh, with our listeners. Thanks for having me, Brett. And that was my interview with Joey Howard, a first-year student in our full-time MBA class of 2024 and the section rep for Section D. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at Darden, that's D-A-R-D-E-N, at virginia.edu. Until next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.